to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash New Haven Independent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. You can also hit see first to see all the great programming that we have here on WNHHLP. So, it is Monday, August the 8th, 2022, uh, and I'm your host, Joe Lachance, and I am here with my co-host, Uncle Lou, Hemp Farmer Lou. Lou, how are you today? How are you doing today, good brother? I am, I'm great. I'm doing, I'm doing great. I had a pretty good weekend. I can't complain. Um, so... You know, you got to like that. And, um, you know, everything's good. How about you? I am maintaining good, sir. You know, just uh, pushing forward and continuing on in this great cannabis journey. You know how it goes. We uh, went on the Chef for Hire New York Day trip yesterday um, as like the highlighted event of the weekend. Uh, So that was really that. That was really cool. It was a nice trek through the Bronx, um, concluded with some friends. So it was really cool. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. You know, it's always nice to get out and see what uh, what some of the other states have been doing. You know, we've, we've been big advocates for cannabis tourism, and um, we'll keep doing that, you know. So there's some great events going on in New York, some great happenings happening in uh, Massachusetts and you know how that goes, Joe. I do. That's how we all got started, right? Because there were no events in Connecticut. Where did we go? <laughs> that's right. So there's so didn't stop cool. doing so them, that's, that's for uh, sure. Yeah, you know, one of the other local media outlets that we like to follow, Northeast uh, Leaf Magazine, mm-hmm. they had their latest uh, issue out was the psychedelics issue. So, you know, hey, what's the next frontier? You know what I mean? Well, I, I hate I don't hate to say it. I like to say that I that is the next it. frontier. That is the next frontier. And I, I think we all it. we all knew that. We all wanted that, you know. Um, I'm super excited to see it happening, Joe. That's what I'm talking about. Cannabis Corner is able to now discuss so many more things other than just our cannabis culture. You know, we also saw um some celebrities starting to back some of the dispensaries and and processors out in Massachusetts. I don't know if we'll be able to see that here in Connecticut, but I know that that's something that's starting to happen. And that was big poppy most recently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now he's taking a lot of flack for that, isn't he? Oh, he's taking it. Well, the advocate side and, you know, depending who, what side you're looking at it and it's sad to say what side, but yeah, he's Mm. taking a lot of flack from at least the, the cannabis community, you know, but we're noticing that, 
brands, we're noticing that brands that are just being endorsed by random athletes are kind of like that whole NFT rug pull thing. You know, you'll, you end up just buying the product once to see what it's like and then never buying it again just right. because they're not true cannabis products or products that have been uh, been mainstream for a while with mainstream cannabis celebrity versus like a regular uh, personality or something like that, you know? Well, yeah, and that seems to be a new trend, you know, like Snoop, Willie Nelson, Mike Tyson, you know, everybody in their mother seems to be introducing their own cannabis brand, you know. Yeah, my question is, you know, how how good is it, first of all? Are you paying right. for the name? You know, you're just paying for the name and the novelty of it. And, you know, then you get the questions like, what happened to Big Boppy? Who are they really doing business with? Who are they partnering with? Too? Right, exactly. In order exactly. to get into other states. They're, like, if they wanted to get in Connecticut, they would have to partner with a local cannabis cultivator who had a license. Right. And that Connecticut cannabis cultivator would have to cultivate their strain in their way here. Am I correct in that? They can't ship in canisters of Snoop weed. It has right. to be grown here. It's like they have to license it out here in Connecticut. Like they did in Massachusetts and they're starting to do in Rhode Island. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, but, it, you know, and that's the standard in the West Coast, though. That's right. That's where it started. West Coast and Colorado, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I do believe we're going to see that here. I absolutely do believe we're going to see that here. Celebrities like money um, and Connecticut has money. So, you know, and there are some celebrities from Connecticut who might want to throw their own brands into Connecticut uh, dispensaries. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I have to say as an activist and somebody who, you know, you know, was very instrumental in putting this bill in, watching the process of how the state has started to implement it has been quite i don't want to say interesting for me but you know i have to step back and just watch because you know it's quite confusing to me that's a better word yeah and i think the best way to do it is just you can't change it in mid process so you got to just let them go through this process of the first round and then, you know, evaluate how it really went. And then you're going to see how the cannabis industry in Connecticut is going to shake out. But, you know, as for now, they're still in the middle of it. So they got long, they got a while to go. They haven't even hit the middle of it, Joe. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're right. Yeah, they're doing no. the third round. So it, it's, you know, I sometimes I get all worked up about how they're screwing things up. But and and you know I should have expected it. I mean it's the state of Connecticut. I should have expected. I think it. we all expected exactly what's happening. And it's just yeah, that, we, yeah. You, know? you you don't you never know to what degree. And I guess for me I'm always an optimist. I always have that faint glimmer of hope, like maybe the Social Equity Council will actually do their job and and be that buffer that they're supposed to be, be that watchdog. And, and it's turning out not to be that way. And they're, they need a watchdog, you know? So it, it's, it's, it's a little painful, but I, I've decided to just kind of step back and watch, you know what I mean? I think my days as an activist in Connecticut 
far, far over. You know what I mean? And that's why we're going to make sure we're able to provide as much information for everybody that's interested in doing something. There's some great that's, things that are going on. That's the deal, Lou. That's the conclusion I came to. It's like I'm best served. I live in Puerto Rico. I'm, I can only best serve the cannabis community by supporting them with this platform. That's you know, it. but that was only a short-term goal. And then now it's become a long-term plan. You know, at first when yes. you moved out there, it was only, hey, we're going to be out here a little while. And then your health really has turned for better over there, man. And it's nice that you're actually breathing healthier. Your stomach's not killing you. Your health is, is improving by improving your quality of life. So I'm very proud of you for making those things. But though that's where we're at as well. You know, yeah. Greenhaven Media continue to provide as much information for everybody that needs it and provide a platform. You know, today we have a great show. I'm really excited about it. I we love, have- you know, I, I think our guest is great. He's got a great history in the cannabis industry that people may not even be aware of. I mean, he's been around as long as I have, just on a little bit lower profile. Um, so, and yeah. Really I'm- handling his business because he's an entrepreneur as well. So, as an yeah. as a, and that's- has worked with some successful organizations outside of cannabis. So that's yeah, and that's my point, Lou. These are the people I want to support. People who are doing it. I'm in Puerto Rico. I I'm not doing it. So you know, it's what do you mean, me. Joe? You're doing it hardcore. You're doing this. You're also staying on the post on the post throughout. The oh, and I have a whole other podcast. No, and I'm doing what I want to do, Lou. The truth is, I want to be a broadcaster. I like being a broadcaster. So doing radio shows and doing podcasts that, you know, let's be real. I'm, I'm close to retirement. This is what I want to do. And that's, I don't want to be an activist anymore. I don't need to be, I don't need to be calling legislators and, and getting all worked up about policy and all that. I did it for 10 years and and you see it nearly killed me. (laughs) Now I want to live Lou. So anyway, that being said, let's get into those events. How's that? (laughs) And first off, once again, big shout out to Christina, even her group always doing the gift gang thing and holding it down and making sure that people are good. And then big thing to Kimora's Cultural Corner. They have a whole bunch of great volunteer opportunity and we want to make sure people continue to support those organizations. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and she's actually on the calendar this week. That's right. There you go, Joe. Yeah. So, all right. So we have a pretty good week this week, getting into the summer. Um, obviously, we have the Lit and Fit Boxing happens on Tuesdays. Uh, and then this Tuesday, there's something called the Jam Session, which where people are actually going to be playing music. It's like a music studio. You can bring your instruments and play music and they're going to be serving some empanadas from what I heard. So uh, that should be that's a fun little thing if you're into music. That's somewhere you should go. And of course, we got our still token this Wednesdays. And I noticed we've had another show, um, the Ganja show, which is is pretty cool. I don't know if you've seen it, a new show. Yeah, that this, started this, to pop on. Still token guys turned yeah. us, you know, put us on, put on our network. And I appreciate that. That's a pretty cool show. So uh, anyway, we should, uh, I, I probably should list that here now. Because it's on every week. It's been on every week. Yes. (laughs) Fit and lit Zumba. If you like Zumba, that's on Wednesdays. Smoke blunt and do some Zumba. 
That's um, right. Of course, we got our, our homeboy to be blunt Thursday nights. Check him out. He's he's got a great Jeez. podcast. He's your nighttime dude, man. We're your afternoon. You know what? We gotta we gotta make sure to give Peasy a big shout out. He's actually a good rapper. He's got this whole thing going on. He wants to get out to some of the shows. So if you're a friend of the radio show, if you're a friend of our podcast and our show, and you got something going on, um, hit up Peasy. He'll do a live show for you. I don't know what his uh information is really, but I know he wants to do some live stuff. So. Give the high rapper a chance. And from what I understand, he makes beats. You know, he has a whole production studio. Um, and he's an entertaining guy. Let's be real. He's a very entertaining guy. I, I like the guy. I like the guy a lot. He came and did the class. He's been a great advocate for his show and cannabis community. Like I said, give the guy a shout out there. If you got a venue and you're doing some, some uh, entertainment, I yeah, guarantee he he'll be able to at least entertain. And he'll be a great addition to whatever lineup you got going on. Yeah, he would be a great host. So, you know right. what? Yeah. We're, we're, well, let's get through the rest of that calendar because I do want to drop. I got some artwork. Abby, Abby, uh, Abby, who's been doing the artwork, has got a, a print sale coming up, a limited edition print sale. All right, we'll give that some time right at the end so we can get yep, a little yep. extra time. Okay, cool. So, uh, interesting event on Thursday. This is one I'm I'm interested in. It's called Dab and Dine. So apparently you're going to, there's an infused pasta dinner at seven o'clock. And then at eight o'clock, they're doing like a dab class. So like how to dab property. I think it's like dabbing etiquette. So I, I find that very interesting. And I think, you know, it's kind of cool that people are doing that because, you know, I think little joint rolling classes and, and dabbing classes and things like that are pretty cool for the general public because, you know, a lot of them are new to this with the legalization. So I think that might be cool to eat some pasta and then do some dabs. Um, then we got our Friday night token pay and then Friday night, full moon labyrinth. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So this it's obviously Friday night is the full moon. So, uh, you know, every Friday, every full moon, uh, Kimura hosts a labyrinth walk. 420 labyrinth walk on um, if those of you haven't done a labyrinth walk or been up to her place it's really beautiful it's really nice especially under a full moon labyrinth walks are very spiritual things and you know they're they have a lot of symbolic stuff to them so i bet if you're not busy friday night and you want to have a good time with some good people check that out that's a full moon labyrinth walk uh, let's see, Saturday, we got something here called the Killer Music Fest. I believe that is a hip-hop music festival. That's on Saturday from 2 to 10 p.m. And then, of course, our good friend Brian holds his local market every Saturday and Sunday where he's got a lot of vendors over there, CBD and all that kind of stuff. Well, not just all that kind of the CBD artwork. And yeah, he's got tons of nice stuff. Like a, ton yeah. of, a mix of all different walks of life. Yeah, it's like a local market. That's exactly what it's you called. Know, it's like your fry, <laughs> you know, your farmer's market, but uh, local. Yeah. Anyway. And, and, and it's not a cannabis. It's not a, like a vendor type of cannabis event. So don't be scared to stop by or anything. Yeah. And it's in it, but it's 420 friendly, of course. Oh, yes. yes. Everything yes. we talk about. And all these are 420 friendly. Yes. Or they wouldn't be on here. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's <laughs> they're that's all consumption. If, if they're not retail, they are consumption. That's for right. Sure. 
Exactly. <laughs> That's where these are events that are highlighting other things other than cannabis. It's just that cannabis is consumption is allowed. You know what I mean? Right. And of course, you never know who you'll find there. So, exactly. Right. Okay. Now this one too, Lou, I sure you, you might even be thinking about going to this. This is VIP, very infused pizza. And that's, that's right. That's this Sunday. And you know, that's from our good friend, Bobby Nuggs. And from those, for those of you who don't know, Bobby Nuggs is a pioneer in the industry. He's been around longer than both me and Lou. He's, he was the guy who's, who stuck the first shovel in the ground out here. He, um, and Bobby's been around a while and he does some great food events. And most recently, he started a little side business where he's doing these infused pizza events and he'll even go into restaurants and do pop-ups and things like that. It's been a huge success up there in Mass. And this Sunday, he's doing the VIP, very infused pizza. And you know when Bobby Nugs puts on an event, right, Lou? We've been to a Bobby Nugs food event. They're great events. They're All of yeah. these events are successful and they stay within the the scope of what he's hoping to do. So it's really awesome. Yeah, no, it is really awesome. I, I love Bobby. So big shout out to him. And if you guys, if you got time, head on up there on Sunday and grab some infused pizza, or you can go to the breakfast club, which is also run by Peter Nelson, who used to was a partner in better ways. That's uh, every Sunday at 10 AM to 4, 4 PM. So you, oh, you can actually grab a, a coffee there and then run over to the pizza place. So, <laughs> you make it a cannabis day. Um, all right. So then here we have a new event, Vibras Infused and Confused. And that's August 14th. And that's from 12 p.m. to sunset. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Kamor is doing one of those volunteer events you spoke about in the beginning. Um, and it's called the Thinking and Doing Day. That's, that is, about, yep. That's Sunday. That's from 9 a.m. to 12. And of course, there are perks by, uh, you know, volunteering with Kamori. You do get a membership and membership gives you certain privileges. So it's and it's great, great way to get involved in the community. Help out a good cause. So That's exactly uh, where I was going with that. You know, they're, they're, they always hold it down and they always make sure that there are great events going on and that the the volunteer work is not just in the cannabis world, but the entire activism uh, scope as Kimura has held it down for so many years. Oh, she's got so much going on. People don't understand. She's got gardens going on up there, growing food. She's got that whole labyrinth thing. She's got so much going on at that, at that place up there. They're always just, looking for help. And it's worth a visit because, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the more positive things in the cannabis community because she really knows how to mix cannabis and community. Uh, and, and I, I applaud Kimora anytime she does anything. I always support it. And with the whole show does, we always do. All right. So we have this other event, uh, was sent over to me, uh, looks more like, uh, like you said before, a little psychedelic event. <laughs> I'm loving popping up. Yeah. It's called through time and space. And from what the flyer said, they're going to have a Doors tribute band and, and all these different psychedelic vendors and things like that. So it looks like it's that vibe. But, of course, it's 420 friendly as well. 
But it might be a cool thing to go check out. That's on Sunday, and that's from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. if you choose to stay local. And, of course, early in the morning at 11 o'clock, Mike uh, Goodenough, our good friend, always does a quick little grow class uh, about a specific area of growing over there at Sweet Hill. Every Sunday. And he doesn't charge for those things either, if I'm not wrong. So come down. No, they're free. Yep, go down, get some education, see what's going on, and you can really learn a whole lot. Yep, and they're not long, they're short, and they, they cover a specific area. So, yeah, that's a good place to check out. All right, Lou, you wanted to touch talk about the um, art, the art show. It just Nope, it's just uh, just one another quick shout-out to Ab, uh, Abby, who does who we had on, who told, said she was getting some prints in. She's getting her prints in, and you can find her online. I picked up one. I'm very excited that I got it dropped off, actually. She dropped it off this week for me. So I'm just shouting it out and uh, putting it out there because it's something that we will continue to talk. It's to help her push forward in her endeavors and everything that she's got going on. You know? Absolutely. Do we know I got an can... amazing painting from her as well. Oh, yes, you know this, Kira. Having the right. So, yeah. um... Very cool. So you got a, a painting from her as well. Yes, yes Kiba got it. hers first. I'm sorry, Kiba. I didn't see you because I was sharing. I only got a short view of the screen. I would have introduced you sooner. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, um, it's all good. I was late. I apologize. Yeah, I only got um, well, a part of the screen. So anyway, mm -hmm. I see that our not only is Kiba here, but our guest is here as well. So we should bring him on, right? So right here uh, with us today, we have Kenneth Brown Bastion. He is the purveyor of CT Hemp Shop, LLC. And CT Hemp Shop, LLC was formed in early 2022 with the idea of having a local Connecticut-derived hemp store. The company website is cthempshop.com and is locally owned and operated, is locally owned and operated hemp dispensary and full-scale CBD shop that specializes in carrying the most unique locally made hemp products that Connecticut Sun has to offer. Everything from tinctures and topicals to craft CBD flower and quality genetics. No matter what hemp product you seek, CT Hemp Shop will still have what you're looking for. In the near future, CT Hemp Shop will be offering every local hemp farm and manufacturer direct opportunity to showcase the uniqueness of their products. The selection of products offered currently is only a fraction of what is to come in the future. All of our products are always less than 0.3 THC and are always derived from 100% Connecticut hemp. All the products offered at CT Hemp Shop have a full certificate of analysis with a QR code of every product. Mission of our company is to foster growth within the state's emerging hemp industry by promoting a variety of emerging local hemp products and compiling them into one local resource. Okay, Ken, that was a long intro, but uh, how are you doing, my friend? I think you're muted. Yeah, you're muted. Unmute. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. So how are you doing, my friend? Uh, it's been quite a while since we spoke. Um, I'm very happy to see that you've got a new venture going on. Um, but I was mentioning to Lou in the beginning, a lot of people don't know that you have been around the cannabis industry for quite a while. 
you I mean, you were at one, you know, you were at one of the first normal meetings I went to. I think that's where I met you um, early yeah. on in normal meetings. And so, I mean, you've been around, you set up some of the Facebook pages, a lot of the Facebook pages that people don't that, you know, are going on and networking on and doing that. You set them up very early on in the game. So you've been, yeah, you've and you, you've spoken at, done testimony and all kinds of stuff. So I just wanted to thank you and give you a little, you know, give you a little shine on the air because you're one of those guys who like to, I know, stay, stay a little bit more behind the scenes. <laughs> appreciate, yeah, appreciate the kind words. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you know your journey, what you what you've been doing, what brought you. To, to, to this place where you decided to open a, a store in Brantford? So I work at a spa. Um, we've, we've carried CBD for quite some time. And uh, when CC went local, uh, we were quick to get Sweet Heel on board. And uh, we've been carrying them for quite some time. And then what we did was we kind of branched it into two and decided to uh, broaden the spectrum of products that we're going to carry. And uh, everything that we offer is, is always going to be from Connecticut, I'm trying to get as many farms as possible. We, uh, every weekend thus far for the past uh, couple weeks, I've met with a new farm. And... Uh, looking to really expand things and offer everybody a, a fair shot to showcase their products. So. Super excited about everything you have going on. I know we have a meeting coming up as well, so I'm super excited about that. Um, just yes, kind of showing yeah, yeah. all the efforts. We've touched base many, many, many times, and we're super excited to see everything that you do have going on. You know, I'm, I, I am excited that you've been working in spaces that aren't necessarily the most cannabis-friendly as well. Um, your, your area of clientele, your area of, of geographic location, I guess is the easiest to say, isn't the most receptive to the cannabis space. And you guys have really been pushing out, making sure that the mainstream sees that hemp and cannabis are something that can be used, not just by the regular recreational adult use individual, but as something that can be put into your health and wellness routine. Yeah, I, I, you know you know what I like, Ken? I mean, you said you're attached to a spa, right? Yes. So you, you got a spa right next to you. So you could, and I'm sure you said you've already been carrying CBD. So you're doing CBD massages and all that stuff too, right? Yep. Yeah. We so offer, I think uh, CBD, sweet heel massages, facials, manicures, pedicures, anything that oil has in it, which basically every service, we can do it. Right. So basically you, you had the spa, you're, you're doing well with the CBD there. You, you decided to expand. And so now your vision would be to have a space where, if you could, get almost every local Connecticut hemp supplier, as long as they're good quality, right? Right. And every, every person I, I bring on, I, I want to see their farm. I see their operation. I ask them all the pertinent questions. You know, I look at all their certifications and, and analysis uh, tests, make sure everything's right. and. Uh, yeah, before I even consider carrying them. But I mean, there's definitely a couple of people that we've contacted on the list that are not uh, exactly credible. Like it doesn't seem like a farm. And those people we just skip right over. Um, 
Oh, so you're you're looking for people who actually grow it here in Connecticut, not just people oh, who, yeah. manu- who sell it. Grown in Connecticut, extracted in I Connecticut. I like that. I like that because there is a difference. There's quite a difference. There are products out there that are made in Connecticut, but they're not necessarily grown in Connecticut because a lot of people don't know you can get the distillate from a Connecticut grower and make it yourself. You basically have no license to just- Yeah, and just make it yourself. It. So, yeah. you know, I think it's important because, you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, the growers are the guys from the stores. So who's going to have the, the, best, the best pure product? And I've always found it beneficial to be able to have a relationship with the actual grower because it kind of puts you a little bit more on the ground level on the inside. You can talk to the guy who's actually growing this stuff. Maybe if you talk to him, you can say, Hey, do you have anything any stronger? Hey, you got what's coming up. He'll tell you what's coming up. You know, you're not just getting a, a, a bottle, you know, you're talking to the guy who's putting the seeds in the ground. Exactly. Yeah. You know, no, I like that. I like that. And you know, I wish you. Yeah. And then, you know, I see the company in maybe a year if we have the uh, so far, everybody I've contacted is absolutely interested. And uh, I have like a nice web online that I'm going to really promote the products with. So um, I really think it's going to work out as we gain more farms and uh, everybody promotes their products. I think everybody's going to start comparing each other's products and it might actually foster a uh, Equality control. Well, I'll tell you, I do honestly, I've seen, uh, and it makes me happy to tell you the truth. I have seen a lot of new CBD shops opening up around Connecticut in different cities. And you know what's interesting? They're in cities that are the kind of the same way as Bramford. They're not necessarily known as cannabis-friendly cities, so or towns, I guess, in Connecticut. But you know, so so for you to do Branford, and then other people are doing Wallingford, which we know Wallingford is not cannabis-friendly at all. Uh, you know, and then North Haven and things like that. It it kind of spreads the products of Connecticut into areas where they might not get that exposure, you know, because possibly in those areas, if you want CBD, you might have to go to the gas station, you know, or you might have to get a brand from out of state or a head shop, you know, nothing against head shop because there are some really good head shops in Connecticut that do the same thing. They carry local Connecticut CBD. So the fact that there are CBD-centric, CBD-only stores, and you know I'm using that for a purpose, uh, that can now compete with the CBD-only stores is a great thing to me. And, And you know what I mean? For you contributing that, because, you know, we've seen chains come in that aren't from Connecticut who open a CBD store that only sells CBD, but they're not selling Connecticut products. And it makes me sad, honestly. I I hate seeing Chinese stuff or honestly, even Illinois or something far off Colorado. I mean, I have nothing against it, 
it's just we have a great hemp program in Connecticut, and we should really be supporting our local local farmers. So. I agree. I agree. You know, uh, some you know that I you know something you might want to do is like do a local farmer spotlight some night, and then that would yeah. be a great event. Lou, what do you think? <laughs> Lou, I think Ken's on top of all of that. He's got some great partners, and one of the special things that I always love hearing is when. Our good friend Mike is also involved because we and you know, everybody knows we do some sub uh, subcontracting for Mike as so just just having that and create connects a large group of farmers because we're all connected through the Connecticut Hemp Industry Association. We all kind of work product back and forth. We all process for each other, and now having your your shop and as it has been selling some of these products, it really connects and keeps on that uh, that network. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what I'm all about. And Lou knows that all from the start. It's like, if we have an industry in Connecticut, we need to support it. We need to right. make sure that industry thrives. I mean, you know, what happened between the first and second year of the hemp program, you know? So now we're, we're at the point where, okay, now we know who the players are. Now we know who's going to stick around, you know? So let's yep. support, these people who are really sticking around, putting their nose to the grindstone, you know, getting out there and farming their hemp, they need a place to sell it and they need a way to sell it. So let's help them out. You know what I mean? Because they don't have time to sell, you know, I don't think Lou has time to go in the store and sell, you know, so he needs people like you to carry those products. And, and he's That's right. About, my job, though. I can't wait yeah. to have Lou's product on my shelf. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you will, man. I'm sure you will. But anyway, you know, he mentioned Mike and and that's kind of another thing that I like about the hemp industry is that there's a real synergy and a real camaraderie between the for the most part between all the hemp farmers. Like Lou was saying, him and Mike do business together, even though they're both in the same state and people would say they're competition. They're not. You know what I mean? Because Mike has different resources. Lou has different resources. So rather than Mike have to go out and get the resources Lou has, why don't they combine forces, you know? And uh, I see that happening with a lot of other hemp farms too. You know, Running Brook is another great one up there. Um, there's a lot of good people doing hemp. I've met a lot of hemp farmers. In a lot of ways, I would almost like to see the cannabis industry, and I guess that was part of my vision, to be like the hemp industry. Um, but it doesn't look like it's going that way. Yeah, I, mean, I wanted to ask you, uh, Ken. Now, um, what made you choose the CBD business over trying to get into the cannabis, the legal market? Now that it's legal, um, I'm part of the fight. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, it was a hard choice, but at the same time, it's not that hard with Connecticut's, you know, laws being here's a million dollar application fee, non-refundable. You know, the the price is just to get involved. It's just it's way too much. Yeah. Way too much for me. Yeah, and, and you know that I think is one of the most disappointing things to me. I Lou and I were talking about that earlier. I think tomorrow they are going to introduce uh, or, you know, whatever the micro cultivators, which was the one license that I thought was in reach 
for the average person. You know what I mean? But, you know, like the way they did the lottery thing is they, they allowed it to be stacked. And so it puts the odds against the average person. But that That's was the only more, thing I really knew that it was going to be corrupted for, since the get-go. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a one license. That and delivery, because I felt that they were reasonably priced enough. Um, you know what I mean? Even the entry fees weren't that good. And that the average person could probably afford that. You know, I, I always know they're going to make the big licenses out of reach unless you got to jump through hoops and you see what social equity applicants have to do, you know, they to get to get there. You know, they didn't make it easy. Yeah, we're going to give you first access. But we're not going to make it easy. Why should we make it easy for you? You know, um, but again, that's the state. I, I, I'm, you know, I told you before, I'm very disappointed in the way they actually set the whole licenses up. But again, you got to let this round play through and then go, then you have to go try and fix what didn't work. Uh, exactly. For and the next kind of round. Kind of ride, the wave. ride the wave, see where the laws go. And, uh, you know. In the meanwhile, you make your own way. You make your right. own way, right, Ken? And that's what you're doing. And, you know, it's funny. I, I hear that from more than one people i say why didn't and you can hear from me why didn't you know people ask me why didn't you why didn't you stick around and decide to get into the industry after you fought all these years for that and it's like first of all i'm a convicted felon so there's a hoop i have to jump through you know i couldn't even get a job in the medical industry when i first came back to connecticut i would have worked as a, a as a freaking uh you know a packager I would have worked just to get into the industry because that's all I wanted. I wanted that. And I couldn't. There was already a barrier from right from the beginning. And they didn't. That was one part of the legislation I wanted to see changed. And they didn't. So now I already have to jump through a, a flaming hoop just to get, you know, you know, considered. And then I got I got to have millions of dollars. You know, <laughs> the only thing I would have considered is the micro cultivator. And guess what? I can't grow. <laughs> I don't know how to grow. So what am I going to do? So, you know, I decided not to get into the industry at all, you know. Um, and it's fine because I feel like what I what what I was working on was was not about that. I was working on doing something to change, change the world. You know what I mean? I was working on doing something good for Connecticut. And that was really my own, only motivation. I wanted to see weed legal, period, period. And, it. and, and right. And now I'm at the point, I was kind of talking to Lou about this before. It's like, okay, I did it. I moved to Puerto Rico. I have no business being involved in the cannabis policy of Connecticut. You know what I mean? That's for the new generation to deal with i'm always here as a veteran people need advice i always want to bring activists on the show people who are really doing the activism you know who are actually pissed off about the way they did the laws who will actually go call legislators but for me i, I just can't do that anymore i don't have it in me i just don't have it in me it's like that fight for legalization was like okay you know the last thing i worked on was that gifting bill but I don't think anymore. I think I'm retired from activism. 
I just want to support. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You can always come back, you know? Yeah. But it's not an easy thing. You know, look, I'm in Puerto Rico. I can start doing activism down here. They don't have, Absolutely. you know, and I have. I've contacted some some of the people, you know, who there is a group here who is doing legalization, Puerto Rico legalization, they're called. Uh, they're, you know, they're kind of just getting started, but you never know. So I think, you know, and I just, I, I'm glad you're still here. I, I guess Lou left. So <laughs> we, I'll talk we, to him later. yeah, we can have a chat for, uh, for the rest of the show. So that's where I'm kind of at, you know, and I'm glad to see you found your way and, and we're able to take, take that spa because at, that's like a family business anyway. Right. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So you're expanding the business. And I, and I think that's a, I, I just think that's a great thing. And, you know, I just want you to know any way we can support you. We certainly will. Listen, Joe, I really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So All right. I appreciate you. Right. Yeah. Thank you for well, having me. Well, thank you. But we still got to talk because Lou left. I can't turn the show off now. No, so no, <laughs> anyway, uh, on another note, you're also involved in other things like cryptocurrency and stuff like that, right? What do you? Yeah. yeah. What do you think of like the synergy between the cannabis industry and crypto? We did have the Crypto Cannabis Club on here with the NFTs and, you know, I thought that was kind of cool, but, you know, you know, in a lot of ways, crypto is in a spot where I even don't know where the hell it's going. I don't know where don't it's headed. Really wild, wild west with crypto. I mean, we have the Ethereum merge coming up. I'm not sure if you know what that is, but I've heard of it. Yeah. And it's going to change a lot of things. I mean, it even might make Ethereum go higher price than Bitcoin. Just the way they design things, which I mean, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I mine uh, Ethereum on the side just a little bit. I have a little rig, and uh, you know, just the way they're doing it, it with the, S, the SEC coming in and, and every other week coming out and saying something else and shaking the markets. Definitely a sketchy time to know what coins to buy. Mm -hmm. uh, That's why I'm not buying any. I'm just hodling. I would not buy any because. Oh yeah, you, you know, got any recommendations for our listeners? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to make any specific ones, but I would just say look for one that drops ninety percent in its value. You know, look for one that dropped ninety percent in its value because it really took a hit this last past year. Your big and time. I lost a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh yeah, we all did. And. Uh, yeah, you buy low, sell high, and and it's really at a low in the market. So I'm definitely mm. taking my chances. Making slight gains, but not enough to make me excited. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, crypto is all about patience. Yeah. No, I agree. That's what I'm not doing, and that's why I'm not panicking or anything. It's like sooner or later, it'll it'll, it'll level out. We'll know what it's gonna what its place in the world is going to be because i don't think you know everybody thought it was going to be this new alternative crypto you know currency and things like that but people have sort of backed away from that you know i don't see yes, it as much but i totally see it taking over the future just maybe not bitcoin 
general. No, I see blockchain. Blockchain technology, okay, is is the real gold there. You know, not the coins. It's the technology and what can be done with it. And, you know, right. people miss that part. They think the coins are what they're all about. The coins that are going to last and survive are the coins that have a functional usage where you can do contracts with them, where they right. you can use them for something other than trading. Do you know what I mean? And I think we just have to wait and shake it out until people actually start using blockchain more. Um, but... So, you know, for, as far as that goes, you know, I, I think we just have to wait and see, sort of just like the cannabis industry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's literally ways that we could set up our website to, like, take payments in crypto. Oh, yeah, that's, that's easy. That. Right. But what taxes nightmare would that be, right? Right. And, 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 the, and the way it's been volatile is you could get paid you know, in Bitcoin, and then 10 minutes later, your payment is worth less, you know? Hey, I, I just sold a $50 bottle of CBD, but, but I got paid 42. What happened, you know? Because <laughs> remember the transfer fees too. I, I don't know if for the merchant, yeah. it's, it is a viable you know, way yet. Yeah, I mean, even coin, if you buy it through Coinbase at the same time as crypto.com, you'll get it for a different price. It's kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah. It is crazy right now. Again, a people, what people have been telling me is they have a lot of hope for is the NFT market. And that's where cannabis has kind of integrated itself. You know, there's going to have to close the screenshot loophole for NFTs to work out because people take screenshots of an NFT and they'll just, you know, instead of buying it and owning it, they'll just take the picture and use it. I mean, yeah, I think you can get in trouble for that, but who gets caught? Really got to close the gap. Yeah, who gets caught? They really got to close that gap. And and you know, for me, I just think it's interesting because first of all, I don't know. I mean, I know there is purposes for certain NFTs. Like if you buy an NFT, you get certain things with it. Actual physical things, you get certain memberships, perks. I know sometimes if you buy an MFT, you get a concert, you know, or you'll get a, an album, you know, so they, they do give you things with it. But what's the long term use of them? If I buy an NFT now, what's its what's its use to me 10 years from now? Like if I buy an Andy Warhol painting, right, I know 10 years from now, I could sell that Andy Warhol painting for at least what i bought it for if not double so what what is what is the long-term use for an nft i don't see one to be honest other than like a, <laughs> like a trading card type thing like a digital baseball card type idea you know how like uh baseball cards and basketball cards back in the 90s used to be worth hundreds of dollars oh yeah i used to collect well, them as a kid right and now they're worth way less so you know there's really no well some of them there's really no way to tell if blockchain is so unpredictable. It really is. I think when they pass regulations and come out with their own central bank digital currency, which you know they're gonna. That's where the shakeout is gonna happen. Yep. Yeah. It that's, is. Yeah. And, and I don't know that we're that far from that, Ken. You know, we could really, we could do a whole show on a whole nother subject, but 
I don't know that we're that far from going to digital currency. I see uh, certain countries like Israel are now limiting transactions, making them all digital, no more cash transactions uh, over $1,500. So, I mean, there are countries that are going that way. And as you know, eventually things trickle over here. Um, I mean, I know China's almost all digital by now. <laughs> it's going to eventually be all digital. There's no doubt about it. Uh, how blockchain and crypto will be integrated. I mean, it definitely will be. We'll be paying digitally some way, whether it's in dollars or in coins or in tokens or whatever. We're going to be doing it. And uh, that's where the blockchain, that's where they're going to use that blockchain technology. So, right. you know, that's where the big use of it's going to come. Yeah, because I mean, the computers, they basically check and audit everything as it's happening, make right. sure everything's accurate. And, you know, they're going to see every transaction to everybody eventually. I mean, if it goes down, everything's digitally. The way they want. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you control the world, you would want a lot of control too. You would make it as, you would want to make it as controllable and as efficient for you as possible. So, um, you know, and but the last part I wanted to get to was a lot of people were saying that the use for the NFTs was going to be the metaverse. Now, the metaverse came out to a ton of hype. I mean, everybody thought the future was going to be the metaverse. And now it's starting to come out that the companies are losing money. It's not as big as they thought. And it seems to have fizzled out. Do you see the same? Because to me, I thought the cannabis industry would have a great time in the metaverse, you know, virtual dispensaries and virtual seshes and, you know, all that virtual yeah, farms. So, like, who's willing to, like, what adults or how many adults, should I say, are willing to spend their, their time that they could be out making money or whatever versus going online and playing like VR, right? Because that's right. basically what the metaverse is being. Right. I, I don't. Yeah, right. Pretty much a, a whole nother world, you know, like a whole nother world where you can be who you want and do who you want. It's like the Sims over your face, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. And there's definitely a business element to it. Definitely can be successful. Will it take over the world? Probably not. Cause I don't no. see everybody using it. No. And, you know, that would mean like Africa and every, all those third world countries would have to have VRs eventually. And, you know, everybody would have to be. Yeah. I mean, I think it could be successful if you see it for what it is. It's a novelty. It's a right. freaking novelty. Yeah, they say it has might have business applications, but I'm happy with Zoom. <clears throat> I don't need if yeah. I want virtual and I want to talk to you like I am right now. I don't need to put on a headset and be able to sit like I'm actually with you. And that's not even you. It could even be an avatar with you that looks like a, a monkey, you know, so. Right? No, I don't. I just don't think adults and businesses are going to go for that. Zoom, and, and this is fine. You know, why would I have to outfit my whole firm with these headsets so we can think that we're with together, like the council in Star Wars? You know, it's like no, it's it's fine if we're uh, if we're if we're this way. So I, I really think they got to really understand what it is. It's a novelty, and it's more like for gamers. It's more like a, a video game world. 
Yeah, it's more for kids, you know, I would say. I definitely think kids are going to run with it a lot, and you can definitely sell a lot of metaverse, you know, whatever they got, digital land and stuff. And I'm sure there's going to be kids that are willing to spend their dad's fortune on it, you know. Well, but. I'm amazed at those coins that I think it was what the central land and there are a few that are selling digital real estate and that people were actually buying this digital real estate, thinking that the metaverse was going to be this big, big thing. They were spending money on those coins and buying up all this digital real estate that only existed virtually. And I'm wondering if that had a lot to do with the crash. Like people realized like, Oh, this is not worth. This is not going to work. This isn't worth all that money. I'm I'm dumping these coins, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, decentralized. I think I think their their coin has really crashed. Oh yeah. I don't know, but, um, yeah. I mean, the metaverse is definitely going to have to change its face a little bit and come out a little bit. I mean, like like you said, I, I can't see people putting headsets on else. Unless they're forced to. Right, unless if we're forced to, like, Matrix pod. Ready, ready, said, ready, player one, or, I mean, something like that, if the world <laughs> ever got like that. But, and, you know, that would, that, that's, that's not possible, Ken. That would never happen. We would I never. know. No, you don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's part of the fun of it, right? You do never know you may think you know where this is all going but you really never know because so yeah so but anyway i think actually we are getting close to sign off but so why don't you tell everybody how they can get a hold i mean give me everything your address your social media your website give it on up yes yeah, sure. so we're at uh cthemshop.com find all our products there we do delivery we do uh, you know pick it up at the store um whatever you'd like we have everything on display at the spot Brantford river resort and spa um come on by we'll be happy to help you we have get flour, a massage everything. yeah and get a massage while you smoke some flour and then get some massage whatever you want to do uh right. we got a huge property and definitely uh friendly people here so you're 420 friendly do you do you plan on holding events over there ken Oh, one day, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I want to get the, the shop going. Get so it going. Cool. I think that would be a great place to do them, you know, oh, especially sure. if you've got a lot of different hemp uh, farmers. But so great. Yeah. So that's uh, CT Hemp Shop. That's social media. That's the 49 East Main Street in Brantford. Yeah, no, they should come stop by and see you. Are you there most of the time? Yep. Monday through Saturday. Excellent. We're here till five. Excellent, Ken. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on. It's been a great, it's been actually a great conversation with you, but I knew it would, you know, and I, again, I want to thank you for being around all these years and doing what you do and, uh, you know, much, much success in your new venture. And like I said, if you ever need anything from the show, please, you know, just let us know if you ever doing anything over there. All right. Thank you, Ken. Hang out. We're going to sign off. All right. You can, you can follow me at Joe, the weed guy, follow the show at cannabis corner radio on Facebook or on Instagram, green, Hey, at green Haven media. Hemp farmer Lou is at hemp farmer Lou and 
Kibra is K Breezy 2474, one of those numbers. But anyway, I want to thank New Haven Independent. I want to thank our guest. I want to thank our producer, Harry. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing you next week. Roll another. Yeah. I have some advice for everybody. I was gonna clean my room until I got trolls. Don't be trolls. But then I got high. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah.